When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone. On today's podcast, I'm back with Holly Roder to look back at the successful Glen Roder race day held at Newmarket on Saturday the 23rd of July. Welcome back to the show, Holly. Hi Stephen. Nice to see you again. Well, a lot has happened since uh, episode 140 um, and <laughs> the Glen Roder race day. And I'm also joined uh, today by Graham Lindsay, the Vice Chair of the Brain Tumor Charity. Hello, Graham. Hello, Stephen. Nice to be with you. Well, thank you very much for joining us today on this uh, very important podcast, really, where we're also going to give uh, promotion to the very important charity, the Brain Tumor Charity. And uh, to start with, Holly, have you caught up with your sleep? Only just about, I have to say. Um, I've learn all the way through this process and I've learned that um it doesn't just stop on the day so there is um huge amount of kind of admin I suppose if you want to call it that um to uh basically sort out we had a very large auction as you know a sort of 100 lots um and majority of those were ours completely and not the auction company um so we've had to sort out all of those um and obviously all the kind of finance side of it so yeah it hasn't really stopped um not quite so exciting <laughs> but, hey-ho, it's part of it I guess yeah but how how was the actual day for you what time did you start what time did it well it ended at midnight but you're probably still working on it at that time well, it was, you know, it was a race meeting during the day. So it was a pretty early start, actually. We got up, I don't know, half five. Um, I was in the hairdressers by six o'clock. <laughs> the poor girl, um, very lovely girl in, in Newmarket. She put my hair up, came in early to do that and straight down to the racetrack um, was there by kind of before eight. And um there was a whole team of us there um, of, of friends, really, um, who I just can't thank enough, um, helping us set up um, the whole room, um, which was incredible to do. It was it was fun. 
And you had 360 people in the marquee. How did the, the day go for the people in the marquee? Yeah, it was, I, I think I keep using the word, it was a real blast. And that really, it really was. Um, I think it was, um, it was a jam-packed day. Bits of it I definitely still don't remember. Um, it kind of flew by. But um, honestly, I don't think there was a bit that I look back and think that didn't really go to plan or I wouldn't have done that next time. Um I say next time I don't know if there'll be a next time (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah everything went to plan and everyone seemed to have a lovely time um and it was just amazing to see you know the majority of the people there were people that we know friends and family and obviously their friends and family that you know were their guests so it was just so nice to see so many people but 360 people in one room is is a lot and it was a hectic room um, but it was full of just positivity and happiness and people glad to be there and um just it was really honestly it was really lovely really a lovely experience well i spoke to simon bailey the chaplain for horse racing and he he told me on friday when i spoke to him it was the best sporting event (laughs) day he'd ever been to oh simon is lovely and he's huge part of us um particularly here in Newmarket. Um, he's someone that, you know, us in racing go to if we need um, a kind ear. And um, he helps lots of people. And it was really lovely to have him um, say grace for us at the dinner table. Although I think everyone had started eating by the time he managed to get up on his spot. So but he made it a laugh. And how was Brendan, Brendan <laughs> McArdle, Matt Hall and, and Chris Mann, how did they, how did they get on in the marquee? all really great um had their own styles which worked um and um chris was you know he's perfect for the role and um you know very sensible and knows what needs to be done and kept it on track to be honest brendan is complete live wire and uh irish and going around and uh basically getting a few pounds out of everyone um and matt hall from tassel's brilliant auctioneer I mean I, I personally think he's one of the best and um you know he's a young guy that's definitely up and coming so I was so grateful um for him to do that and we mentioned it on episode 140 how did spot the ball go good I was delighted actually with who won it and I didn't know until late in the day and I was going around saying you know we did you know raffles and a uh, champagne raffle and um, the spot the ball and we did a golden ticket as well all with their individual prizes and it all got a bit lost in uh, for me in translation I didn't really keep tabs on who was winning what and eventually I found out who won the spot the ball and it was Matt Hall of Tassels so you know uh, you know he did us a great favour and he raised a huge amount of money so I was actually really delighted that he got a two nights in the Cotswolds <laughs> And every time, well, I was at the races, and all every time I kept seeing you, either you were on TV or racing TV or something. Gosh. <laughs> I know it was pulled from pillar to post um, that day, but that that was fine. It wasn't a hassle. Um, you know, delighted that people were interested for one and two. We can shout about what we're doing and get get. You know, it was a chance for me to talk about dad and um, and and the charity, which is what we were trying to raise all this money for. Well, talking of the charity, we're also joined by Graham Lindsay, the vice chair of the Brain Tumor Charity. You were there, uh, Graham. What was the day like for you and for the Brain Tumor Charity? Well, we'll come to the Brain Tumor Charity in a minute. I've got to just respond to what Holly was saying, because, yes, I was so, so lucky to be there on the day 
And I've actually come up with an acronym based upon what Holly was just saying when she sort of, you asked her the question, what was it like in the room? And my acronym is PEG. The room was full of positivity, energy and generosity. And it was just an amazing day. And it was quite funny, actually. You were asking Holly about Spot the Ball. There was a bit of a clue. They showed a most wonderful montage of, um, of, of Holly's dad, Glenn, uh, throughout his life. And at one point, there was the same picture that we had in front of us. I don't know if you knew this, Holly. There was the same picture in front of us. And even though I did spot it, I didn't get it right. So what does that tell you about me, Stephen? <laughs> Be no good on question of sport. I'd be useless. I am old enough. I am, though, old enough to remember entering spot the ball competitions on a very regular basis. That's how old I am. But it was wonderful, Stephen, to answer your question. And um, it, it's days like that, that when you see the generosity of the British public, that you, 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 your heart fills with, um, with such warmth because, you know, we were there, of course, to celebrate the life of a wonderful man. We were there because of what it was that ultimately took him from us uh, far too early. But we had fun as well. And there were smiles. There were tears as well. So it was just, ah, it was just an awesome day. And Holly, no doubt you're still sort of finalising the fundraising effort. But um, can you give us an idea of how much money you've raised for the brain tumour charity? Yeah, so we're still counting. Um, you know, there was lots of elements to the day um, in terms of, um, obviously, our table sales, our 36 table sales, um, and all the raffles that we did, you know, and all the ideas we came up with to try and get the little, you know, those few extra pounds in, um, bucket collectors at a couple of racetracks and things like that, and since really kind um, personal donations from families um, because of what we did. So, that's um all sort of still being calculated but um roughly speaking and nothing announced yet um in the region of 150,000 pounds what's your reaction to that Graham? that's a staggering <laughs> amount isn't it wow is my reaction and thoroughly well deserved on the basis of the amount of effort that holly and her wider family and her friends put into it and uh, i mean maybe it's one of those moments Stephen, where i can just talk a little bit about what the difference is going to make to us and kind of why we exist. And, uh, you know, we're, we're here for one simple reason at the Brain Tumor Charity, yeah, to improve the lives of those people. And it's an estimated 88,000 people that are currently living with a brain tumour. And another 12,000, regrettably, will face a brain tumour diagnosis in the next 12 months as well. Uh, and despite all the amazing efforts of people in the fundraising of the kind that we've just talked about, only at the moment, about 12% of those people will survive more than five years. Uh, and of course, we were fortunate and the family were fortunate that Glenn actually survived nearly 20 years. But that's not the, the case for everybody. And, you know, it isn't just about numbers. You know, we can talk about Glenn. We can talk about Tom Parker, um, who, who died quite recently, less than 18 months after being diagnosed. But amounts of money like this make such a big difference to us. You know, if I break it down into the smallest denominations, and by the way, we rely totally on the generosity of people fundraising and wills and, and, and trusts and estates and things like that. We get no government funding at all, despite the fact that a brain tumour is the biggest cancer killer of children and adults under 40 of any other type of cancer. 
But £10, just £10 buys a brainy bag, as we call it, for a child who's been diagnosed with a brain tumour filled with child-friendly items such as a teddy bear, a colouring book and a blanket. £250 can provide a whole day of pioneering research to try and understand the particular types of brain tumour and provide more targeted treatments. But £150,000 covers, as an example, two years of one of our future leader grants, our step-changing funding programme to fund the brightest minds in scientific and clinical research into brain tumours. Because, you know, our hope, and it has to remain our hope, that ultimately we will find a cure. In the meantime, what we're trying to do, and we've done it through a children's programme called HeadSmart, and we're launching it uh, through uh, an adult programme now, which is to help people to recognise early the signs and the symptoms of a brain tumour. Because like any illness and disease, the earlier you catch it, the better the likely diagnosis and the prognosis can be. And unfortunately, your typical GP may only see one or two people in their entire career that are suffering from a brain tumour. So knowledge and understanding of everybody involved in this is so important. So we just encourage people to do that. And again, money like this will help us to get our message out. So, you know, a £1,000 helps us to distribute our Better Safe Than Tumours, which is our new programme, to 100 GP surgeries, which gives them the hope that they'll spot some of the signs earlier. That's really why what Holly and the family in Glenn's memory have done is just amazing. That must make you feel very good, uh, Holly. Mm. Yeah, it really does. Um, And it's nice to hear what those figures can do practically. Um, And ultimately, um, you know, it's the research into understanding them is how we will combat these type of diseases, I guess, you know, it's a bit like COVID. We need to keep researching them and work out what they're doing because, you know, Graham will know more, but it seems to me that there are a huge variety of types of brain tumours and they react to people in different ways. Um, And no one case is the same. I mean, we, there was a late, well, two people in the room actually um, that I was delighted that was there and I didn't get to talk about them on the day because I got about two minutes to say something as you did, Graham. Um, And I intended to mention them. There was, um, we have a family, um, a very good family friend of my dad's sisters um, who's lost their son um, in his early thirties to a brain tumour. They were there in the room and um, a lady also emailed me the a few days before the event, sort of less than a week. And it really touched me. Um, and she basically said that her son had been diagnosed with um, a brain tumour and within three weeks he had died. And he happened to work at the race course. Um, and so they'd had a memorial day just pre- previously. Um, his name was Niall Kavanagh. And um, I knew, I sort of vaguely knew the story and uh, and, and not. Um, but she wanted to just kind of send me a message, say good luck and can we meet up afterwards and see how we've gone and how we did it and because she would like to do something positive in her son's memory. And just instantly I just said, do you want, you know, you and your other half or a friend, do you want to come? Um, there's two seats there. I'd be delighted if you came. And um, she came along and it turns out that I have known her via email and her friend for years. She works at NEH um, Vets 
and um, we've had so many emails over the years but it was her son and it was an utter delight to have her there and she you know again you know these people all took something away from the day that was positive so um you know that's I think that's what we need to do is put on these events that put a smile on people's faces and make them feel positive about the possibility of finding more out about these tumors and treatments and hopefully a cure well thank you very much Graham for bringing the the charity a bit more profile in, in what you just said it I think doubt that people realize that it's young people that are affected so much by by brain tumors yeah it's it's we, we had this program as i said called head smart and it was because the average diagnosis of a child originally was at about 13 weeks and you know if it takes 13 weeks to spot these things and some of them grow really quite prolifically uh, and you know doctors and I'm, I'm, it'll sound as if i'm being critical I'm not, but doctors would say, you know, just give them Calpol or it's a headache or whatever else. And and you kind of understand that if they're not used to seeing these sorts of things or being aware of the symptoms of them. So it is about awareness. And Holly's also made another really important point, which is, you know, we have a team of people here that are dedicated to support. And it's not just the support to the people that are currently themselves suffering with a brain tumour. It's support to their family and their friends as well. And as Holly's just described, and I met the lady actually at the dinner she bothered to come across and say hello to me and I was thrilled that she did that and you know sometimes you forget that it's not just the person that's suffering it's the family and the wider family that are affected and the trouble with things like brain tumors is they can affect the personality and the person that was there before in much the same way that you know some of these other awful uh, uh, head injuries and brain illnesses and diseases can so it's it's about all of those things. But yes, I, I take great heart in, as I said, that there are people like Holly that do these sorts of events to ensure that we can all strive to do ultimately what we'd like to do, which is to find a cure. A cure, at least we can make people's life chances better and longer. Well, here, here to that, Graham. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Holly, you've mentioned a few thank yous, but I'm sure there's many other people you'd like to to thank on this podcast for the Glen Rhoda race day? Oh, there's, there's a huge team of people. Um, we have a couple of boards up in the room actually with them um, and in the race card of, of a page of thank yous and it was extensive um, and we couldn't have done it without them. And that goes from the people that sponsored different elements of the day um you know we tried to sponsor out and get in the money for if we could get a brand on something we sold it so um you know down to the raffle envelopes and um the napkins and the champagne raffle um uh, our wine bar our gym bar all sorts of things our bags that we gave out with gifts in them and um we had a, a lady a small company who is a fabric and wallpaper designer she gave us um 360 of her gift note um notelets sort of um 
you know, th- sort of blank, blank cards in a nice gift set. And she gave us 360 of those. I mean, it's just wild that people would do that. And um, there were local companies that branding companies um, that gave us things at good prices. I know that I'm very realistic what things cost. And um, but the team at Corny and Barrow in Newmarket and um, Noel Byrne of the Bedford Lodge were amazing. Um and the team at the race course, they are phenomenal. They are a really, really great team. Um, nothing is too much. And they're very straight with you. And um, they they couldn't have been better. I, I couldn't sing their praises high enough. So there's loads. There's too many. <laughs> too many. If I can jump in, I don't know, Stephen, <laughs> but there's one thing that, that uh, actually, and you mentioned Brendan earlier at one point, Brendan was even auctioning off. If he could raise enough money, we could stop him speaking. <laughs> yeah, I... I think I think we raised the money, but we didn't stop him speaking. <laughs> that was a little white lie of his, I think. <laughs> but yeah, loads of things. I mean, we have friends going around. I, I did the table centres because um, I am a, a florist in a previous life. And a friend went round and sold them all off. And we had footballs as table numbers and they were all branded and sold off and just you know anything that wasn't you know secured down was gone <laughs> so loads to thank and on a personal level holly it must have been graham mentioned it earlier i think um, an emotional day for you you must have shared uh, the odd tear as well because as you said before on episode 140 your dad wasn't able to have the send off, you know, at a funeral that um, during the, the COVID period and Saturday the 23rd of July gave you and the family that chance. It really did. And that was kind of where the idea was born from. Um, yeah, we were allowed 30 at the, the funeral, which um, there would have been um, a far bigger number than that in normal times. Um, and we couldn't sing. We basically, you know, there was nothing afterwards where people stand around and, you know, have a bite to eat and a drink and um, tell good stories but we didn't get to do any of that and that seemed really really sad so this was our chance to kind of kind of do that rather than being sad and doing a memorial service you know in a church which would be lovely but um, that wasn't for us and we wanted to do something more positive and kind of for me personally this whole experience doing things like this podcast um you know being asked questions about dad has been just so lovely to be able to talk about him um and do something positive and Saturday was just that and we got to hear different stories different relationships that dad had with people and um it, it honestly he would have been the first there and he would have been the one having the best time you know glass of champagne when you go in perfect good food bit of a laugh with your friends and family and racing he and the sun shone. I actually prayed to him in the morning. Um, it was pretty overcast. And I was thinking, oh, it's so much nicer, a little bit of sun. And I kind of said, Dad, come on, please. <laughs> and it was sunny all afternoon. It was perfect. So the whole experience was was a good one for, from a family point of view, I have to say. And we even got uh, the Glen Roder handicap as well. So what was it like hearing his name with the race named after him? Yeah. It was, um, yeah, that he would have, I don't know, would he have loved that? He was very quiet. <laughs> um, 
think he would have liked it and he would have just been you know more interested in you know the fit, looking at the horses physically and uh, the jockeys and which trainers and um it was a real shame actually that well shame, take nothing away from the winner but um Clive Cox came second with Wowzers, and um, Clive was a big sponsor of ours on the day because he has family connections to um, his father-in-law died of a brain tumour and a cousin has one currently. So he jumped in straight away and um, sponsored a race also. But yeah, he had a runner in the race and he told me beforehand I, I quite fancy it and it's a shame that that didn't come in. But Well, I looked through the winning jockeys and it was a really international flavour. We had an Englishman, an Italian, a Scotsman, a Frenchman, an Irishman. (laughs) Dad would have approved of that, I think, you know, and they were young. And that was what Mike Vince on the microphone on the day said. I think Glenn would have really have approved who who won his race. Um, It was a young lad and dad very, very much championed young players. That would be his kind of stamp on the game. I think He, he really enjoyed coaching younger players and sort of mentoring them um and um i think he would have really improved of that that winner so. well rab havlin who's been on this podcast two or three times he'll be very pleased to hear you, you think he might still be young so ours uh... <laughs> <laughs> i claim a one ours i think he won ours uh i was pierre um it was a french oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marco Gianni won as well the second yeah. race, and uh, all very good names for the future. Well, thank you, uh, thank you, Graham, for joining joining us on the Paddock and the Pavilion for this very special podcast about the Glen Rhoda Race Day. You're um, welcome. Your, your contribution, and thanks again, Holly, for for uh, coming back on on the show. Um, I thought uh, we'd end with something that would have pleased your dad yesterday if he'd have been about to watch the Lionesses win the Euro Championship final, beating the Germans (laughs) 2-1 during extra time. Absolutely amazing. I mean, he he would have been absolutely thrilled. I have to admit, and I said this to someone yesterday, um, you know, going back sort of 10, 15 years even, you know, a short time, women's football wasn't really a thing. Um, It was just starting to come about and, you know, being a, you know, professional footballer, being around, you know, men in his whole professional career, he would have said, women playing football, ridiculous. But in the last 10 years, he really got to enjoy watching uh, the women's football. He really appreciated actually how talented they were um, and how much the sport has progressed. Um, So, um, yeah, he would have been absolutely thrilled and he really would have appreciated the effort and um, the... um, how amazing that that was it was an achievement really brilliant great feeling for the country but just returning actually to you graham you mentioned something earlier which we should remember i think uh, you said peg if you just remind us all what those three things stood for yeah i can uh, and just before i do that i'll also say that i i chanted your dad's name from the terraces at carrow road uh, given that I was brought up in Norwich. So I never chanted his name when he played against us because he never played for Norwich, but I did chant his name uh, when he was in the dugout. Uh, PEG, positivity, energy and generosity. There you go. And I think we need a bit more of that. Um, thank you very much, Graham and Holly, for, for joining me on the Paddock and the Pavilion. Very welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pav. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.